Imagine you're running a business, you're an entrepreneur, and you're trying to make decisions day in and day out. Do you hire more staff? Do you change your offerings? Do you change your prices? How do you understand what's going on in the market? That's when you decide to pick up the phone and call a consultant. Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Stock Stories. Hello, my name is Alex Mason. I'm your stock storyteller, and this is the show where we decode the business behind the stock. Now we're studying every company in the S&P 500, plus mental models, plus other investing topics. And I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Now, my wife and I started not knowing anything about investing, and by the age of 30, we became financially independent by investing in the stock market. So my purpose here is to help you become a better investor, make smarter decisions by understanding the business behind the stock. All right, you ready? Let's get into today's company. So we're going to be talking about Accenture today, ticker symbol ACN. And the way that this show is structured is first we talk about the history of the company because we want to understand the context of where it came from. Then we're going to be talking about the business model. And then we're going to be looking at financials and then some final thoughts. So let's go ahead and talk about the history of Accenture. Now, the history of the consulting industry and Accenture can partially trace its way back to the accounting industry. Now, back in the 1950s, there were effectively the big eight accounting firms in the United States. There are, of course, many more accounting firms than that, but these were the biggest ones that had the most business. And these were companies that later became the big five in the 1980s when there was more consolidation in the accounting industry. And one of these big five was called Arthur Anderson. And this was a company from Chicago named after the man named Arthur Anderson. And he was the youngest CPA or certified public accountant in the state of Illinois at the time. So he started this accounting business. Now, years after his firm was founded, the company started doing some services in addition to their accounting work. They started consulting as an additional way to offer services to their clients. Now, what is consulting? Consulting is basically giving advice. And so what they would do is go into another business's operations, try to understand what their problems were, and then make an assessment with some recommendations. And this actually started in the 50s when Anderson consulted with General Electric and actually helped them decide to install what would become the first computer ever installed in an American business. Now, this was this huge computer. It weighed over 30 tons and it cost over $1.2 million. So it was a really big kind of pioneering investment for General Electric at the time. And Arthur Anderson used their consulting services at the time to help them make that decision. Now, over time, the consulting arm of Arthur Anderson's business grew. And what they would do is they would go to these businesses, assess their situations, give some advice. And in return, they started collecting a fee. And this is the basis for how the consulting business works. Now, by the 1990s, trouble was brewing in the corporate offices at Arthur Anderson. The consulting division was becoming very successful. It was growing quickly and bringing in lots of profits, whereas the accounting business, it was still growing and still very much the heart of Arthur Anderson's business, but not growing quite as fast. 
and the partners in the consulting division had to pay out their profits to the parent company. And they didn't really like that because they felt like they weren't getting their fair share of the money. I mean, here they are making all of these profits, and yet they have to pay their money up to the accounting division who isn't growing as quickly and making money in the same way. The fighting between the consulting executives and the accounting executives at Arthur Anderson became so bad that by 1999, the companies decided, okay, we just need to split up. This is getting really bad. And so what they decided was they are going to split off. And literally within hours of the decision from the court that said that the companies had to split, the CEO resigned because he was given an ultimatum by the board of directors that if he didn't get a certain amount of money from the deal, he would leave the company. And so it was this really big dramatic affair. But ultimately what happened is that Arthur Anderson remained the accounting business and a new business split off that became the consulting business. Now, if you're enjoying this episode, go ahead and take one second and just tap that like button. It'll help me out so much. Thank you in advance. Now, by 2001, Anderson Consulting had renamed itself to Accenture, and a new era for that business began. They started getting their own clients, managing their own operations, and going on and growing. Now, the timing of this split could not have been better because Arthur Anderson had a client named Enron. And if you know anything about this company, Enron, they were this major energy company down in Texas, and they basically lied. They had issues of concealing information. They dealt with the accounting in an unethical way. And guess who was the accounting firm that did the books for Enron? It was Arthur Anderson. So Arthur Anderson became embroiled in this huge scandal, and they ended up declaring bankruptcy. They gave up their CPA license, and they were no more. They ended up selling off little pieces of their business to other accounting firms and closed their doors forever. So the timing could not have been better because Accenture escaped as its own entity and rebranded themselves and they left right before all this really went down. So Accenture was able to save its reputation and continue its growth as a fresh company. Let's talk more about the business today and what it's all about. What is Accenture and what do they do? Well, they are a company that exists because other companies have trouble dealing with change. They are really a specialist in adjusting to and adapting to change. That's how I would put it in the broadest sense of the word. Accenture is a services-based business. They provide consulting services to other businesses. And they deal with this in many different aspects, everything from creative work to information technology to corporate strategy. And we'll get into the specifics of how they do business in just a moment. Now, Accenture serves a really big percentage of the Fortune 500, and not just the Fortune 500 in America, but the Global 500. They serve literally 75% of them. So they serve a lot of these really big businesses they have as clients. Now, of their top 100 clients, 98 of them have been with them for over a decade. Now, this was interesting for me to learn this fact because it tells you as a potential investor that, okay, Accenture is a business that's able to not only get these big clients, but they're able to retain them and keep them on the books for a long period of time. So these clients must be happy in some respect because they keep paying them over many years. 
So what do they do? They're consultants, right? So what do they advise on? Well, they advise businesses in four key areas. First, strategy. They help C-suite executives make big, important decisions that are going to shape their organizations. This is really important because you really need smart people, intelligent people, people who understand different business areas in order to advise in this kind of way. So they offer expertise in this way. Second is the interactive segment. They work with businesses on their media, on their marketing, all of their creative projects. Third is technology. They work with some of the biggest companies in technology. They work with Apple, they work with Google, they work with SAP, Alibaba. All these companies they work with as vendor solutions for the businesses that they're consulting for. So they'll have the expertise to go into a business and say, okay, you're using this type of system with this type of use case. You know what? You could probably save money and double your productivity by switching over to this kind of technology solution. So they would be able to provide that kind of strategy. And then fourth is they have an operations segment. They help businesses execute better with their operations. So imagine you have a factory, a business with a factory, and they're trying to produce widgets at a certain rate, and they want to increase their quality or their run rate of their products. Well, they can bring in supply chain experts. They can bring in operations experts and make it better. And this applies to a wide variety of in industries, everything from insurance to accounting to supply chain. This is a business that serves in a really broad way. Now, I like this business from the perspective of competitive advantage because they're focused on expertise. They're not necessarily focused on creating assets, more so as channeling assets and helping other companies utilize them. Now, for example, they don't build cloud technology, but they help companies transition to the cloud and they know exactly how to do it and what kinds of systems are going to work best for that type of company. So that's really interesting to me. They're kind of piggybacking off of other industries and other companies and what they've built and just kind of channeling that in an efficient and effective way for businesses that just don't know what they're doing and are willing to pay someone for help. All right, let's turn our attention now to the financials. I'm at the ticker terminal. I'm going to type in the ticker symbol ACN for Accenture, and they trade on the New York Stock Exchange. And we're going to go down to the financials because we want to understand how the numbers are working in the business, at least at a basic level. And what we can see here first is this top line revenue. How is revenue growing? Look at this curve. It's not a dramatic curve, but it's a steadily growing curve. In 2017, the company made $36 billion in revenue, and by 2021, that was over $50 billion. So we got a pretty steady growth rate. And so this is something that I like to see. It's not super high growth, but it's growth nonetheless. It seems very consistent. And now let's go ahead and look down at the actual profits because we want to see how much money the business is actually generating in profits for its owners. So we can see that in 2017, the company made over $3.5 billion in profits. And by 2021, they made almost $6 billion. So, okay, we see similar growth here as we did with revenue. That tells us as investors that their margins are pretty consistent. They're relatively profitable. And we're just going to look here at the margins. Okay, gross margins are not very high. <laughs> Only 30% over the last several years. 
Now contrast this with a company that we looked at recently, like AbbVie, a, a biopharmaceutical company that has gross margins that are over 60%. Well, why are margins so much lower for this type of a business? Well, Accenture is a service-based business, so their cost of goods sold is going to be really high. And what does that mean, cost of goods sold? This is how much they spent on just things that are directly related to what they're selling. And because they're selling services, a lot of things that they sell are directly related to those kinds of costs. So that human capital, developing their people, their training, all of those things would fall under cost of goods sold here. So this is a business that has lower than typical gross margins, but you know what? That's okay because after that, they don't really have a lot of other types of expenses. So we still get a decent amount of money that flows down to the bottom line. All right, now let's go to the balance sheet. We just want to see how much the company owns versus what the company owes. We can see here that as far as cash goes, they've got a pretty decent cash position. They have over $8 billion in cash, and that number has been increasing over time. So money is definitely flowing to the bottom line, and the company is able to actually hold on to cash. And then as far as debt, this is something that I think is very interesting. Look at this, long-term debt. Now, these numbers are in billions of dollars. Uh, so these numbers are in millions because I'm just looking. It's only like 53. So that means $53 million in debt. It's almost debt-free. Like we can look at these numbers. It's got almost no long-term debt compared to like its assets. Now, look at, looking again at the cash, they have over $5.5 billion in cash right now. Scrolling down to long-term debt, like this number is super small. So this is a company that is virtually debt-free. I mean, they have other liabilities. For example, we can see here that, okay, they've got a lot of pension and post-retirement benefits that they have to pay out to their employees. So they have some other costs here that are very real. But as far as actual debt that they owe to a bank, it's not not even close to significant. So I like that. It's a, a very clean balance sheet compared to a lot of other businesses. Not the cleanest, but still something that's nice to see. Okay, so let's look at the cash flow statement now. This is just going to tell us how much money is flowing into and out of the business. And I want to look at cash from operations. How is money flowing in the business? Okay, it's it's going up very nicely from about $5 billion in cash from operations to about $9 billion over the past several years. So that's great. And then let's look a little bit closer at this statement. I want to see how they're investing. Okay, they're acquiring a lot of businesses. Look at this, cash from acquisitions. They spent 1.6 billion in 2017 and they spent almost 5 billion in acquisitions in 2021. So this is a company that likes to spend money buying other service related businesses to roll up into their firm. So that just tells you a little bit about their strategy. And then let's look now at the financing. We can see that they issued no debt over the last several years. They paid off a little bit of it. And overall, they're buying back some stock. Okay, they're buying back a few billion dollars of stock every year, giving money back to shareholders. And they're also paying out dividends pretty consistently. And we can see if we kind of add these numbers up, the $4.2 billion in common stock repurchase in 2021, plus the $2.3 billion in dividends paid in 2021, that is $6.5 billion return to shareholders. And remember how much money this business was making? $7.5 billion 
uh, or closer to $9 billion in 2021 as far as cash from operations. That is telling us that this is a business that's returning the vast majority of the money that it makes to shareholders directly, either through dividends or through share repurchases. So this is a company that makes money and makes a lot of cash flow, and that is growing over time. All right, so that's the financial picture of Accenture. Now, in general, it seems like this is a great business, a service-based business that is growing pretty steadily. It's got a lot of money coming in. It's paying out a lot of money to its shareholders over time, and that's great. Now, it's from a valuation perspective. This stock, at the time of this, this recording, is trading at about 33 times earnings, a little higher than I would like to see, but it is a growing business, and over long periods of time, it should make money. Uh, this is not a screaming deal, I think. It's got a dividend yield of about 1%. But keep in mind, you're getting a lot of money through share repurchases as well. So that's something to consider. But Accenture seems like a solid business. Again, basically debt-free, very low liabilities. Only its pension liabilities are really kind of big in, as far as the big picture of the finances. But it seems like a great business that is selling more and more services every year. And I understand the business model. It seems very simple, easy to understand, and um, not at risk uh, in the same way that a lot of other different types of businesses are because of the relative simplicity of its business model. But of course, this is a company that needs to hire a lot of specialists, people who are experts in their fields to help them really be the driving force of value for their customers. So interesting kind of business. But that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for joining the show and I'll see you next week.